Hi everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. Hope you're doing well. I have a question for you. Do you ever find that staring into the eye-bleedingly complex Mobius strip Gordian knot of Hillary Clinton's email woes gets just a little bit bewildering? Do you find yourself bewitched, bothered, baffled by it? Well, fear not, my friends. I have come to your rescue. I am going to give you the facts. And trust me, they are darker, more deceptive, more dangerous, more devious than you have probably imagined. But hey, would we expect anything less from a Clinton? Sources, of course, are always, as always, are below. Let's start with a little timeline, shall we? January 13th, 2009. Ah, I remember it well. Mrs. Clinton registers ClintonEmail.com running from a private server in New York. Now, quick question, quick question for you. Let's say that you are a Russian hacker, da? And you're browsing around domain names and you find ClintonEmail.com. What do you think that might be about? If your guess was number one, had something to do with the Clintons, number two, had something to do with email, congratulations. You have cracked the very first barrier to entry to getting your hands on Hillary Clinton's emails. January 22nd, 2009, Mrs. Clinton signs a non-disclosure agreement. I know, it's a little boring to start a presentation with an NDA, but it will figure quite prominently over the course of our little chat. This non-disclosure agreement acknowledges that classified markings are irrelevant to state secrets. The agreement states that, quote, classified information is marked or unmarked, including oral communications. Ah, you Clintons with your legal challenges around oral. So, information is either born classified, in other words, the very nature of it is classified, it doesn't need to be classified, like troop movements and so on, or it's marked classified either before or after it goes into general consumption. Uh, this says, doesn't matter. If you've got half a brain, and let's hope that if you're the Secretary of State, you do, then you are responsible for knowing what is classified and what is not classified. The markings or the headers are absolutely irrelevant. March 18th, 2009. Mrs. Clinton stops using the email address that she used as a senator and begins using an account on her private server in New York, according to her office. Her office also said that messages from the account she used as a senator are lost and could not be retrieved. What a shame. It is not revealed what sort of account this was. Now, you know, if you work for Intel and you invent some super cool new thing, Intel is the one who owns it because they're paying your paycheck. In the same way, when you work for the government, the emails, the messages that you conduct in pursuit of your official business belong to the government and are available to the people outside of the volcanic vortex of the, the hellscape of modern American politics. For those outside that realm, there's a Freedom of Information Act by which uh, private citizens, groups, uh, newspapers, and so on can request correspondence from their elected representatives. And um, it belongs to the government, and you're kind of responsible for the government having hold of it. Government servers in America are usually designated with a .gov extension, like if you send or receive emails as a .gov for government extension, and they have, you know, six million security experts, firewalls up the yin-yang, and um, they've got a lot of attacks to repel. Apparently, the Department of Defense servers in the U.S. government are attacked about 100,000 times every single day. So, quite a lot of uh, people want to get into government service. They've got a lot of security and uh, this was not really the case 
with the uh, server near the bathroom or in the barn. So um, that's important to understand. It is also important to understand that if you store your messages on a government server, then Freedom of Information Act requests, the government simply goes and pulls the information and hands it over. You have no control over it. If you have your own server, you're like Gollum with the ring. If you have your own precious server, then you can um, choose what to hand over, or at least you can if you're as powerful as Hillary Clinton appears to be. December 22nd, 2010, the National Archives and Records Administration, where I hear all the best parties go down, issues standards to federal agency heads. All emails, including attachments, relating to government business are considered records to be preserved under the Federal Records Act. Interesting fact. Do you know that if you are responsible for destroying or stealing government property, you are actually ineligible to run for office? Now, according to some reports, the Clintons exited the White House in the 90s after the Caligula-style reign of Bill Clinton was ended with some rather bulging overcoats and pretty much everything which wasn't nailed down was heading in the U-Haul back to Arkansas and so there's that aspect and also she hung on to a lot of messages that technically or theoretically actually belonged to the government. November 7th, 2012, Judicial Watch files a Freedom of Information Act request with the State Department for Benghazi-related emails and other information. Benghazi, uh, a tragedy of um, tiny but apparently epic proportions, which um, we've got a video on which you can look at below. It's not essential that you know a lot about Benghazi other than it is the thunderclap that started the avalanche. December 10th, 2012. Clinton cancels a trip to North Africa and the Middle East for what was called an illness and a bug. Why am I talking about this? I'll tell you in a moment. The State Department does not disclose that she has fallen, gone boom, and received a head injury. December 13th, 2012, the State Department reveals that Clinton had fallen while suffering from a stomach virus sometime the previous week and gotten a concussion that was, quote, not severe. Bill Clinton and... Can I tell you what kind of trouble you are in as a civilization when you've got to go to Bill Clinton to get the real goods? Bill Clinton would later say that her injury, quote, required six months of very serious work to get over. Mrs. Clinton postpones imminent congressional testimony, which had been scheduled. December 30th, 2012, the U.S. State Department discloses the discovery of, quote, a blood clot in her head from the concussion. What does this have to do? with her email server? Well, let me tell you, friends, when I was a young man gazing over the social and political landscape of the friendly cannibals to the south, I must tell you that watching a Clinton lie was like watching a dew-sweated thoroughbred's muscles rippling as it raced across the fruited plain at early dawn. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see from an amoral standpoint. The fact that it was, you know, trampling on the children's futures and over random interns used like handkerchiefs uh, in the Oval Office. What's beside the point, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch a Clinton lie in full flower. The lies that seem to be coming from Hillary Clinton since this blood clot, since, I don't know, this is, something's interfering. I don't know, maybe it, there was an additional blood clot, maybe some kind of conscience got loosened. No, 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 probably not that. But anyway... This is uh, relevant in ways that we'll see going forward. 
February 1st, 2013, Mrs. Clinton ends her tenure as Secretary of State. March 13th, sorry, March 3rd, 2013, Gawker website publishes Mrs. Clinton's email address after it's published by a hacker who infiltrated the email account of Sidney Blumenthal, another Scotsman, a former aide to President Bill Clinton. Mrs. Clinton changed her email address in March 2013. Now, Hillary Clinton seems to have discussed quite a bit of stuff with good old Sidney Blumenthal, and it's a little odd that she seemed to be talking about some fairly high security issues when Sidney Blumenthal hasn't really worked for the government since 2001, certainly has no security clearance. Uh, just wanted to mention that. March 22nd, 2013, a hacker named Guccifer hacks Clinton's emails via an AIDS account, revealing that Clinton had received confidential information from a public account. August 2014, the State Department provides House Benghazi Committee with eight emails to or from Mrs. Clinton that show for the first time her use of a private email account. September 15th, 2014, the National Archives issues new standards on personal emails. Government officials should not use their personal email accounts for official business. October 28, 2014, the State Department requests the work-related emails of a number of former secretaries, including Mrs. Clinton. Now, again, they shouldn't really need to ask for these things because these are all supposed to be conducted on government servers which are protected from hackers and backed up regularly. Well, I guess, unless you're in the IRS and uh, you've got a Democrat in the presidency. Anyway, we'll get back to that. November 2014, the House Select Committee investigating Benghazi requests Mrs. Clinton's emails about the September 2012 incident, which resulted in the murders of U.S. Ambassador Christopher Stevens and three other Americans. According to her office, about 300 of Mrs. Clinton's emails from her private account were delivered to the committee. November 26, 2014, President Obama signs into law an updated Federal Records Act requiring public officials to forward all work-related email to their government address. Because, of course, <laughs> everyone's asking the State Department for Hillary Clinton's emails, and the State Department says, we got nothing, we got bubkas, big fat goose egg, get the bagel over here. And that's not great, as far as Public Records and Freedom of Information Act requests go. December 5th, 2014, Mrs. Clinton's office delivers... 30,490 printed emails, about 55,000 pages, you tree-hating bastards, to the State Department. Mrs. Clinton's office reported that 31,830 emails on her account from her tenure as secretary were deemed private and not delivered. Isn't that nice? See, the government asks you for information. You say, I'm going to give you this stuff. By the way, I'm not going to give it to you electronically, so you can't search it. Plus, there's no metadata, so you can't always see the blind carbon copies, who got it, and you can't see all of the cool bounce-around information that's embedded in the headers and all that. So I'm just going to print them out so you can't search them, can't get any of the metadata, and I'm just going to delete a whole bunch because I don't think you really need to see all that stuff, do you? Wow. It's good to be king, I suppose. Late February 2015, the State Department informs the House Benghazi Committee that Clinton did not have or use a government email address and that it had never had position, possession of her emails until her attorney first turned them over in paper form in December 2014. I guess there's another question too, which is, um, 
two, twofold, I suppose. Number one, the person who set up her server or the, the, the company it would probably have access to her server, in which case they'd have access to a whole bunch of not unclassified material, why them, they themselves virtually certainly had no classified standing. Uh, and uh, also she's handing stuff over to her lawyer, who himself probably does not have very high security clearance. I'll leave you to mull that one. March 3rd, 2015, the New York Times reveals that Mrs. Clinton used a private server for her email while she was Secretary of State. The paper also reports that Clinton may have violated federal regulations by using her personal email account for public business while Secretary of State. March 4th, 2015, Mrs. Clinton writes on Twitter that she asked the State Department to release her messages. March 4th, 2015, the Associated Press reports that Clinton's email address tracks to a private email server at her Chappaqua, New York home, which was registered under a pseudonym. So it took an extra four and a half minutes to find it. March 10th, 2015, Mrs. Clinton told reporters she had used a private account because it was more, quote, convenient than keeping separate personal and official email addresses, thus confusing or I suppose you could say explaining it away to everyone roughly as old as Methuselah or about 900 years old, because anyone who's less than 900 years old knows that you don't need separate computers for every email account. They're called aggregators. It's like, well, you know, I want to subscribe to the New York Times feed, so I need one tablet for that. And I want to subscribe to the Drudge feed, so I need one tablet for that. <laughs> like, no. These things, you know, ever since, I guess, about 1981, computers can do more than one thing at a time. And so everyone who's young, and Clinton does not have a lot of support among young people who are desperate for Bernie Sanders to pay off their student loans, but young people understand that when she says, well, you know, it's more convenient to use different computers with different email setups. I mean, no, it's really, it's really not. And that rings pretty hollow. You know, maybe the grandma you have that you're constantly saying, no, 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 don't click on that link. <laughs> don't click on that attachment. Don't open it. Maybe they think, oh, well, I guess I can see that. But younger people kind of get that it's not a big deal to have more than one email account on one computer or tablet. April 12, 2015. Hillary Clinton uh, announces she is running for president from the FBI. <laughs> we'll see. July 28th, 2015. Clinton revises her statement. So when she was first, we've got to take a, a pause here for a second. So when Hillary Clinton was first asked about this, it's like, well, what about classified information? She said, I never sent or received any classified information. Now, that is a remarkable statement. She is the Secretary of State. She is the head diplomat of the United States. Outside the military, the CIA, that's pretty much her job, is to deal with classified information. Uh, and so when she says, well, I was Secretary of State for quite some time, never dealt with any classified information, I don't know. It's like the head of a law firm saying, well, none of my emails deal with any legal matters. It's like, you know, that's your job, right? You have one job, and that is to deal with classified information. So... It was a little hard for people to believe that she hadn't dealt with any classified information. Plus, it's kind of a risk, you know. Maybe you can decide you're not going to send any classified information, but people are just emailing you. They may not know particularly, because, you know, you can mask it with, like, Hillary Clinton. It doesn't show the actual email 
address, the .com rather than the .gov, that's kind of your tip-off that she's operating in an unsecure environment. So people could email you classified information. So unless you told everyone, don't send any classified information to my address, in which case, since that's your only address, you're basically saying, don't send me anything that might be even remotely relevant to me doing my job. Um, it gets a little hard. So she, her first statement was, I never sent nor received any classified information. And that thoroughbred stumbled so sadly in that early dawn light. But then people said, isn't that your job? She said, okay, okay. <laughs> Backup plan. Let's try this. She is confident that she never sent or received any emails that were classified at the time. At the time I sent or received, nothing was classified at the time. So she's claiming it's all low-rent stuff. There was nothing that was born classified. And given that she's, I don't know, involved in a lot of classified stuff as the head diplomat, like the diplomat saying, oh, no, I never dealt with anything that was secretive. It's like, you know, that's the job. <laughs> Car dealer, no cars. Anyway, I think you get the point. August 15th, 2015, Clinton, Clinton further revises her statement about classified email. Now she says she never sent or received any emails that were marked classified. I didn't have that big red star or logo or background or something like that. Okay, so she's got three stories, right? Never sent or received anything classified. Never sent or received anything that was classified at the time. Never sent or received anything that was marked classified. And of course, not a lot of people at this time knew about the non-disclosure agreement she signed, which says that doesn't matter a damn bit. July 31st, 2015, the federal judge in a judicial watch freedom of information suit orders State Department to request that Clinton and top aides Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin confirm under penalty of perjury that they have produced all government records in their possession, that they return any other government records immediately, that they describe their use of Hillary Clinton's email server to conduct government business. Cheryl Mills' attorney reports to Judicial Watch that it has instructed Mills to, quote, delete any and all electronic copies of potential federal records in her possession after her anticipated production of records on August 10th, 2015. Judicial Watch files an emergency request to block the destruction. What can you say? August 11th, 2015. The Inspector General report to the Senate contradicts Clinton's claims. Some emails say the Inspector General contained information that was classified at the time it was sent or received. The FBI takes custody of the Clinton server and thumb drives. August 20th, 2015. The State Department tells a judge that Clinton did not use a State Department-issued or secure BlackBerry handheld device. The Blackberries used by Clinton aides Cheryl Mills and Huma Abedin were likely destroyed or put into safekeeping with Lois Lerner. Oh, wait. Kind of the same thing. Just a joke. August 31st, 2015, the State Department publicly releases 7,000 pages of Clinton emails. These emails show that freedom of information law was violated. Responsive emails had not been provided earlier under a variety of freedom of information requests, right? So freedom of information, you say, I want all the emails from Hillary Clinton regarding Benghazi or whatever, Libya, whatever it's going to be, right? And um, 
they then have to just run that search and hand over everything. If they don't hand over stuff, that is a violation of the law. September 3rd, 2015. Former Clinton campaign staffer and State Department official Brian Paliano, Paliano, sorry, he also helped set up Clinton's personal server, informs Congress that he will plead the Fifth Amendment and refuse the congressional subpoena to testify. Fifth Amendment, of course, protecting you from self-incrimination. Make of that what you will. September 25th, 2015, the Associated Press reports that the Obama administration has found work emails between Clinton and the soon-to-be-mentioned in this presentation, General David Petraeus, that she did not turn over. This raises questions about Clinton's claim that she had turned over all work-related emails from her home server. So what Clinton said was she said, well, I handed over the work emails, the emails where I'm like planning my yoga classes and planning my daughter's wedding. I didn't hand those over. So I guess she did yoga with General Petraeus. Maybe General Petraeus was going to be the wedding singer at her daughter's wedding. Uh, so it's a little bit open to doubt. November 30th, 2015, the State Department releases 8,000 additional Clinton emails. Some of the emails received classified markings. January the 15th, 2016, the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, Charles McCullough, tells members of Congress that several dozen additional classified emails have been identified in Clinton's stash, including some with a higher classification or more restricted classification even than top secret. Late January 2016, the State Department confirmed the existence of 22, count them, 22 top secret emails that it could not release in any form, even with entire sections redacted. February 2016, some Clinton emails that the intelligence community and State Department recently deemed too damaging to national security to release contain what is called operational intelligence, and their presence on the unsecure personal email system jeopardized, quote, sources, methods, and lives, a U.S. government official who has reviewed the documents reported. So this operational intelligence Real-time information it can be about intelligence collection, uh, named sources, the movement of particularly sensitive assets, and so on. Uh, so lives depend on this. So Mike Pompeo, Republican from Kansas, sits on the House Intelligence Committee, um, Yale-trained lawyer, and so on. He said the following with regards to this scandal, and I quote, there is no way that someone, a senior government official who has been handling classified information for a good chunk of their adult life, could not have known that this information ought to be classified, whether it was marked or not. Anyone with the capacity to read and an understanding of American national security, an eighth grade reading level or above, would understand that the release of this information or the potential breach of a non-secure system presented risk to American national security. He also suggested that military and intelligence operations had to change due to the very real possibility that the Clinton server had been compromised. So, break time, big picture time. I think we've got a good backdrop here. So, was the server compromised? No, we'll get into some details, technical details about that in a moment. But the intelligence community doesn't know. Right, So if the servers are under control of the government, there may be traces of an attack, if, if there may be access um, 
tags on files or something like that. There might be some way that they know if it's been compromised. But because the server was not in their control and because its security was weak, they don't know. They don't know what's been compromised and what's not been compromised. They don't know all the documents that might have been on there. They don't know who might have had access to what. They don't know what was sent to whom and to where because there was no metadata in the printouts. So they're operating in the blind with regards to its potential that there was huge damage. They don't know how much. What do they need to change? Everything, I imagine, has somewhat ground to a halt. He went on to say, Anytime our national security team determines that there's a potential breach, that is information that might potentially have fallen into the hands of the Iranians, or the Russians, or the Chinese, or just hackers, that they begin to operate in a manner that assumes that information has in fact gotten out. Now, Mrs. Clinton also instructed an aide to send her a secure document on an unsecure fax, as well as instructing another aide to remove classified markings for a document before sending it, which will be significant, as we'll see. All right. Security clearance holders are required to speak up when classified information is not in secure channels. This really, I believe, is the very core of the issue of why everything is going so slowly and why everyone dreads a potential prosecution at least everyone in the current administration. National Security Attorney Edward McMahon Jr. says, Everybody who has a security clearance has an individual obligation to protect the information. Just because somebody sends it to you, you can't just turn a blind eye and pretend it never happened or pretend it's unclassified information. You see something, say something, in this case, shoot a flare into the events that lead to the guy who can do something about it. Now, these rules are known as the Code of Federal Regulations. They apply to all U.S. government employees with security clearances and state that there is an obligation to report any, any possible breach by both the sender and the receiver of the information. Quote, any person who has knowledge that classified information has been or may have been lost, possibly compromised, or disclosed to, any, uh, to an unauthorized person shall immediately report the circumstances to an official designated for this purpose. If you see something, say something. In other words, if you are aware of a potential lack of security for highly classified or classified information, you have an obligation to report. And if you don't report, you are liable for that failure to report. Now, among the latest batch of emails released by the State Department is a tasty little exchange between Clinton and then-Senator John Kerry. John Kerry, of course, is currently Secretary of State. Some sections of these emails are fully redacted due to highly classified information. But here's the kicker. Both... John Kerry and Hillary Clinton were using unsecured personal accounts to trade this information back and forth. If you think the problem ended with the exit of Clinton, think again. Now, by the by, the Clinton campaign at the moment is calling for the 22 super top magic secret emails to be released. This is mostly political theater. It's not 
really the State Department's call because the, the, the intelligence came from other agencies who have the final say in classification and release and handling and so on. The State Department has no authority to release those emails. And, of course, Secretary Clinton almost certainly knows that, so it's pure theater to say, release that which I have no power to release, and neither do you. It just makes them look honest while they know nothing's going to happen. Now, a 2009 email released to Judicial Watch seems to indicate that the State Department's senior manager, Patrick Kennedy, wrote to Clinton aide Cheryl Mills that a, quote, standalone separate network PC is one great idea, because they were having trouble getting Clinton set up. So he may have come up with the idea for her to have a separate network PC. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton has said, the emails show that the top administrator at the State Department, Patrick Kennedy, who is still there overseeing the response to all the inquiries about Hillary Clinton, was in on Hillary Clinton's separate email network and system from the get-go. Well, let's do some comparison. So currently, and I feel like we should have some kind of ticker going up here, 1,580 Clinton emails contain sensitive or secret information. Let's compare this to General David Petraeus. Now, he was the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency who was found guilty of not taking good care of his classified information. He actually kept secret documents in an unlocked desk drawer in his home office. Now, his home actually guarded 24-7, so relatively secure, not accessible to the Internet, not even in uh, an electronic format that could be accessed outside his house, so um, you could argue a little bit more contained than God knows what out there in the hinterlands of the web. Let's talk about a sailor. So the sailor took a selfie in a submarine. Does that sound bad? Well, he could face 20 years in prison. Why? Because he did not realize there was a sonar screen right behind him. Let's talk about a Marine. Marine told his superiors, hey, there's a man around here who's pretending to be an Afghan policeman who is in fact Al-Qaeda. Ah, but he informed them using a Gmail account. And uh, he's facing 20 years in jail as well. And this is one of the reasons why the FBI, kind of involved in these kinds of security issues and prosecuting people for violating security standards, the FBI is probably chomping at the bit to bring an indictment against Hillary Clinton because if they don't, well, it's going to be a little tough to prosecute people with that precedent in place. So um, they're kind of backed into a corner as well. Now, Mrs. Clinton received at least one special access program email. She also cut and pasted summaries of state secrets on both her private server and her BlackBerry. So this special access program, which we talked about, must be opened by inputting certain codes that change randomly. Mrs. Clinton would need to, I don't know, call or ping or ask for the codes before opening the SAP document. And top secret is the highest category of state secrets. The other categories are confidential and just plain secret. But there is a subpart of top secret. The SAP is the most sensitive. Um, the most sensitive there is, this has got the names of moles or spies working for more than one government and their American handlers. Um, it might describe the existence of black ops, which are illegal operations that the U.S. government carries out, which it will steadfastly deny. 
knowledge of if they ever get exposed. Um, they can include codes needed to access state secrets, um, ongoing intelligence gathering projects, uh, and uh, so on. Um, a lot of the lawmakers who are reviewing this stuff, even the Congress people, they don't have access to see the information that um, ended up in Miss Clinton's inbox. And at least one. And they're still working on it. Now, Mrs. Clinton has reported that she is computer illiterate. Um, maybe she didn't know what she was doing. She's maybe attempting plausible deniability. Oops, I just didn't know. That. I'm old. But uh, this is according to Judge Andrew P. Napolitano. Quote, In this sensitive area of the law, plausible deniability is not an available defense. No judge would permit the assertion of it in legal filings or in a courtroom, and no lawyer would permit a client to make the assertion. This is so for two reasons. First, failure to safeguard state secrets is a crime for which the government need not prove intent. The failure can be done negligently. Thus, plausible deniability is actually an admission of negligence, and hence in this case, an admission of guilt, not a denial. Second, Clinton signed an oath under penalty of perjury on Jan 20, January 22, 2009, her first full day as Secretary of State. In that oath, she acknowledged that she had received a full FBI briefing on the lawfully required care and keeping of state secrets. Her briefing and her oath specified that the obligation to safeguard state secrets is absolute. It cannot be avoided or evaded by forgetfulness or any other form of negligence. And that negligence can bring prosecution. Okay, so you can say, oops, I did it, but I didn't mean to. And the only thing that the government hears in terms of prosecution is, I did it. The I didn't mean to is completely irrelevant. Because, of course, everyone could say that. You know, oops, I left the briefcase in the airport. You know, got paid a million dollars. Oops, right? I mean, if you had the oops, it wouldn't mean anything. Because there's such incentive for people to get a hold of this information. Blackmail, bribery, uh, you name it. So you can't say, oops, because then you've just confessed and you're doomed. So, is there going to be a prosecution? Could we face the significant excitement of watching somebody try to claw their way to the highest office in the land with uh, Fox um, <laughs> and uh, friends in hot pursuit from the X-Files of the FBI? I don't know. You're going to get Joe Friday from <laughs> all the way up her cankles? I don't know. Former U.S. Attorney General Michael Mukasey believes that there is enough evidence to justify criminal charges against Mrs. Clinton and to bring a conviction for mishandling classified information. Quote, From her direction that classification rules be disregarded to the presence on her personal email server of information at the highest level of classification, to her repeated falsehoods of a sort that juries are told every day may be treated as evidence of guilty knowledge, it is nearly impossible to draw any conclusion other than than that she knew enough to support a conviction, at the least, for mishandling classified information. Whether or not unsecure SAPs fall into the wrong hands is irrelevant. 
at least in terms of prosecution. My guess is, again, I'm just an amateur in all of this, but my guess goes something like this. If information was pulled from Hillary Clinton's server, that information has the most value if the U.S. government does not know it was taken. For obvious reasons, right? We'll put in defensive measures, won't change up what they're doing, won't change codes, won't change moles, and all that kind of stuff, right? Won't stop progress. So if the information is pulled, the last thing that whoever pulled it would want is for the U.S. government to know it was pulled. And that's one of the reasons why having a relatively unsecure server off-site is so dangerous. The information can get pulled and nobody knows it. So whether it falls into the wrong hands is irrelevant because you have to assume that it is. And in fact, the more dangerous hands it has fallen into, the less likely you are to ever know where it is. So as far as prosecution uh, uh, goes, it doesn't matter. Now, President Obama, now he first said that he learned about her use of, um, exclusive use of personal email at the same time as everyone else and through the media. But he did know her personal email address. He sent and received emails with her. Now, again, was this masked? Did he only see her name and not the act? Did he know it was a dot com rather than a dot gov extension? Time would, time will tell, but he seems to be fully aware. At least that's the reports that I've read. Now, previously, President Obama said that he learned of Clinton's exclusive use of private email while at the State Department, quote, at the same time everybody else learned of it. Now, there are, in fact, even some suggestions that a senior advisor to President Obama was behind the leak which led to Hillary Clinton's email scandal for reasons of political infighting, which we can only conjecture, I'm sure. Was she hacked? The more dangerous the hands it ended up in, uh, in, as I said, the less likely you are to know. Mrs. Clinton did open an email, email message on her private account, saw that she had received a virus-infected link, and replied to tell her friend that she had been hacked. So that's shown up in the correspondence. This email, the email with the virus-infected link, was received less than two months before IT experts who were called in to evaluate her private email server in September 2011 found Russian-linked hacker attempts on her email inbox. According to Breitbart News, quote, multiple Clinton email contractors were the victim of massive security breaches, and Clinton's email server had an open webmail portal that gave hackers unrestricted access to her information. Quote, a webmail portal allows web traffic to bypass hardware and software firewalls to easily access the server's mail interface. If a user accesses emails through a web portal, on an unsecured network like Clinton's, then the emails can be read without any encryption whatsoever for safety. Clinton's server's encryption was an SHA-1 encryption combined with an RSA encryption. That encryption is very weak. SHA-1 without an RSA encryption to complement it is so weak and prone to hacks that it has been getting phased out of use for about a decade. Even the added RSA encryption does not negate the vulnerability to hacks of Clinton's SHA-1 encryption. SHA-1 is about 64,000 times less secure than the encryption for the extramarital dating website Ashley Madison, which was recently hacked, exposing the personal information of all of the site's users. Hopefully that can give you some sense.
of how vulnerable this server was. And uh, let's just put it this way, the information on that server in the bathroom or in the barn, significantly more valuable than what was in Ashley Madison's databases. And again, the issue could be that if information has been stolen, then there could be blackmail situations going on, which again, you don't know. It's not just the enemy to have the information that can be used to turn your employees against the government as well. If there's an, any incriminating evidence in there or things which they were responsible for, which are out, that they can be blackmailed for, it renders the whole thing rather null and void. So, why, 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 why would she do this? Why would she install a private server in her house and conduct basically her business as Secretary of State off the record? Well, there are two FBI investigations. One is around the mishandling of classified information. The other is a pattern of abuses that seems to have come to light regarding Secretary uh, of State Clinton's use of state power for potentially gaining favors for people who donated to the Clinton Foundation. And uh, we've got a presentation on this, which we'll also put below. So they're looking for mishandling of security information and also potential corruption. And um, so would she like to have done this, all of this, uh, where no one could get a hold of her emails, where nobody could review stuff, where nobody could back it up, where she had complete control over the uh, emails and then could release and delete as she saw fit? Well, I could see that being an advantage uh, if you were interested in certain off-the-book kind of things. So, um, also, of course, um, if you have your own server, then you're not subject, at least not nearly as much, to Freedom of Information Act requests. And, of course, the State Department was pretty unresponsive to FIA requests. They they came back saying repeatedly, well, you know, we we can't really find anything, there's nothing to find, no records exist, and they didn't really say why nothing was found. Of course, the reason was that everything was on Hillary Clinton's own server. So there was a lot of cover-up, I would say, for that as well. Because if they'd said, well, look, we can't find anything because she's running her own server, we don't have access to it. So Clinton's defense, to some degree, seems to be, well... Neither me nor any one of my staff, we couldn't really recognize top secret information. Uh, you know, we couldn't really tell. I mean, maybe it was about moles and troop movements and black ops, and we couldn't really tell if it was top secret or not. So we just, you know, copied and pasted and faxed and sent it around and so on. Okay, does that make you feel comfortable that she's got excellent and great judgment to be the next commander-in-chief of the U.S. forces? You know, she's been decades in and around government at the very highest levels and still can't recognize any secret information in any emails, even though she signed a document and received training that said, you have to do that? Did she ever say, well, I don't really know how to because, you know, it's complicated and there's glowing things on the screen and it makes my old brain hurt? No, she didn't do any of that. So she can claim that she's clueless. It's not a defense, but even if you accept it, does that mean she should be in charge of America's military might? Ugh. Going back to Sidney Blumenthal, this is Hillary's close friend. So four emails from Sidney Blumenthal were withheld by the intelligence community because they were judged to be completely classified. And as I mentioned, so Mr. 
Blumenthal, no U.S. government position after January 2001 when Bill Clinton left the White House. How on earth did he have access to classified information a decade after that remains something of a mystery, although he's been questioned quite extensively about that. So, Mr. Blumenthal was sending information back and forth to Hillary Clinton, and Mr. Blumenthal's emails were illegally accessed by a private hacker. So, it's fairly safe to assume that they're in the hands of quite a variety of foreign intelligence services. And it's entirely possible that spies have had their lives put in serious risk by all of this. Um, the Intelligence Identities Protection Act, this is in 1982, which was enacted due to the murder of the CIA station chief in Athens. Uh, there was a left-wing the left-wing media blew his cover and he got murdered. It is a federal crime to divulge the true identity of any covert operative serving U.S. intelligence. Uh, if, if that person has not been previously acknowledged as a spy um, to be working for the spy agencies uh, in, um, in public and so on. So if there is information in these uh, emails, we don't know, of course, because heavily redacted, we wouldn't get to see it. And some of them have been completely redacted and not released at all, these 22 well, if there is information out there, then she may have contributed to the outing of spies and the end of their existence. And you can look at uh, John Kiriakou, who's a former CIA officer, just crawled out of two years in prison um, for the unauthorized disclosure of classified information. He actually did expose the identity of an agency colleague who was undercover at the time. Hillary's emails apparently also include the names of foreigners who are on the payroll of the Central Intelligence Agency. This is according to intelligence community officials. It can be safely assumed, of course, that several foreign intelligence agencies intercepted Mrs. Clinton's unencrypted communications. This, of course, will directly threaten the continued existence of these individuals who may have been outed. A senior intelligence community official noted, it's a death sentence. If we're lucky, only agents, not our officers, will get killed because of this. The CIA according to many reports uh, and communications. And the entire intelligence community are in a panic mode right now, trying to determine which intelligence officers and agents could conceivably have been compromised by this email gate scandal. So, at the very minimum, of course, you've got valuable and many years built-up covers that have been blown, careers are smashed, and lives are put at serious risk. And um, there is, of course, the question of what is still in the emails that has yet to be found, because, of course, it's not done. And what about the 30,000-plus emails that Hillary Clinton deleted, and some of which, it seems, based on communications back and forth with General Petraeus, should not have been deleted? So there's... What's known, 
There's what's still to come from the emails, and then there's the probably will never be known, which was what was deleted and then scrubbed from the Clinton server. Who knows? One exasperated Pentagon counterintelligence official said, I'll spend the rest of my career trying to figure out what classified information was in those. Everybody is mad as hell right now. The worst part is that Moscow and Beijing will have that information, but the intelligence community maybe never will, right? Stuff that was deleted that may have been leaked to foreign agencies, the CIA will not know, the FBI will not know, because it was deleted, but other agencies abroad will. So, of course, the communications of the Secretary of State of America's top diplomat closely monitored by a wide variety of foreign intelligence services. Um, this is something that has smashed a good deal of the intelligence apparatus around the world. I mean, the general disasters of Secretary Clinton's reign as Secretary of State are, hey, let's bring peace and stability to the Middle East and Libya and Syria. And, well, I think we've seen how that all went. Now, John Kerry, who is, of course, Hillary Clinton's successor, has admitted that Russia and China are almost certainly reading his unclassified emails. Um, Robert Gates, um, Obama's first defense secretary, recently asserted it's very likely that Russia and China and Iran were inside Mrs. Clinton's homebrew email server. I mean, the Russians are well known for this kind of stuff. They have a giant embassy in Washington, and it's located on a nice high hill overlooking the city. There's a giant antennae uh, on its roof aimed straight down. And this, of course, is where Clinton's unclassified emails went. The Russians are so desperate to get a hold of State Department information that they've been caught planting bugs in a conference room just down the hall from the Secretary of State's office. A high-ranking former KGB officer said about this email scandal, quote, of course the SDR got it all. That's the post-Soviet successor to the KGB's foreign intelligence arm. He said, I don't know if we're as good as we were in my time, but even half-drunk the SDR could get those emails. They probably couldn't believe how easy Hillary made it for them. And the big question, of course, here is... Um, What do they know? If we assume, or if the intelligence community has to assume that this is all out there. Well, they can read a huge amount about American diplomacy. They've got readouts and notes from sensitive meetings, classified information, um, and of course, the secret U.S. positions on incredibly high-stakes negotiations, like the one recently concluded with Iran. And... Um, Details of interactions and communications going back and forth between the State Department and all of the other alphabet suit of U.S. agencies, including the White House. That's a, a huge gold mine for the enemies of the United States. And it is entirely possible that through hacking into, if they did, Hillary Clinton's email server, that they got hints on how to crack even more sensitive information systems. And 
if there was any shady dealings going on in um, the pay-for-play potential schemes that the FBI are investigating, that Hillary Clinton may have been running as Secretary of State for donors to the Clinton Foundation, well, they would know about that as well if any of that was documented or if there were hints therefore, which gives them leverage, of course, for bribery and corruption on a massive scale. The, for perspective, so America, of course, has embassies all over the world. Standing in those embassies all over the world, there are Marines. And those Marines have standing orders to fight to the death, to protect the information that is in the safes, on the computers, in that embassy, in those embassies. They have standing orders to fight to the death to protect that information. That is how important the information is perceived to, get to be. And this is information that it seems very likely that Hillary Clinton has given away through choice, through a desire to avoid scrutiny, through greed, through ambition. Americans around the world have given their lives to protect top-secret code word information, and uh, it may have been just handed out for nothing. It seems beyond question, according to the research that I've read, and again, the sources are below, that Hillary Clinton's server contained a variety of classified information, and remember, this is information that's so sensitive that even years after she ended her tenure as Secretary of State, it still cannot be released. She deliberately and consciously took actions that placed America's most intense and dangerous secrets on a relatively unsecured, relatively open to the Internet venue, and now seems to have subsequently lied about it. Reportedly, the FBI is preparing and prepared to recommend indictment of Hillary Clinton. It is up to Obama's Justice Department to follow through. Well, will Obama's Justice Department pursue indictments against Hillary Clinton? If they don't, well, there may very well be protests and resignations in the FBI because it sets a precedent. I will say, well, just, just two other things. So the fact that Bernie Sanders in a debate said, I don't get what people are so upset about with your emails, means that he's clueless about such issues as national security and the incredible importance, if you're going to have this kind of system to keep this kind of information, away from prying eyes that will use it to do harm to American interests. So what that says about Bernie Sanders is something that speaks volumes as well. I would also argue that there's a certain kind of political correctness here that really drives me crazy. Because, well, you see, this is uh, Obama, the first black president, he can't be allowed to fail. And therefore the Fed pumps massive amounts of money into the economy, setting America up for a giant crash. But he can't be allowed to fail. Hillary Clinton such a high-ranking woman in the government. She can't be allowed to fail. And I think this political correctness puts a shield in General Petraeus and all the other people I mentioned. They're all men. The sailor, the, the, the guy who emailed using Gmail about 
the guy posing as a policeman who was Al-Qaeda. These are all guys. When are we going to have a society where everyone gets treated the same, where there's not these special protections for everyone? And what's going to happen? What is going to happen when and if Hillary Clinton gets indicted, the trial begins, presidency, God, I hope, <laughs> would be over at that point, or oh, there's no hope. It's a post-Caligula republic that's doomed. And it's going to radiate outwards. There's a reason why nobody wants this to go further who's in the current administration, because everyone who had decent reason to believe she was not using a government server is implicated in her failure to protect sensitive information. They are required to report any violations of the need to protect classified information. Anybody who sent or received emails who had some idea that it was not a .gov extension knew and is liable and culpable for the loss or potential loss or having to act as if the loss is real of that information. Where is that going to spread throughout the government? How many people did Hillary Clinton email during her time of using this solo out of the protection of the government server? How many people did she email? How many of them knew and did not report this egregious violation of security standards? Where does it go to? Where does it go? How far does it go? How wide does it spread? Could this potentially invalidate an entire administration? Lord Acton said, power tends to corrupt, and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. The degree to which we have lower standards for public officials is the degree to which we encourage and feed their addiction to power and thus their corruption. We must hold the same standards for everyone, or let's not even bother pretending we have any standards at all. I leave you with Mark 8.36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? That quote is not about Hillary Clinton. It is about you and I and everyone who lets these kinds of things slide.